0: Hello and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David continues the series on discipleship with a look at obstacles, what gets in the way of our following Jesus. Let's listen. Well, we are in week two of our series titled 40 Days of Discipleship because this is the second Sunday in the season of Lent. Yes, we are trying to do all we can to learn practically how to follow Jesus. Well, so I've learned that uh, Michael Jordan is somewhat of a local here, isn't he? That he has a, a house right there on Lake Norman, and I came across a quote by him recently which was really interesting to me because Michael Jordan is arguably the best basketball player ever to have played. And notice I said arguably, but he won numerous championships during his time with the Chicago Bulls, And when he looked back on his career, here's what he said. He said, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. I really resonated with that quote because To do what it took to win and be at the top of his game, he also realized that he was going to lose a lot, that he was going to miss a lot of shots. But it took a certain type of character to keep striving, to keep pushing, even through those times of challenge. Well, I wondered what would happen if we adopted this same sort of attitude towards discipleship towards following Jesus? I mean, what if instead of thinking of discipleship as just something that we fit into our schedules, instead we had this sort of single-minded devotion? This is who I am, and this is what I'm trying to do with my life. I mean, easier said than done, right? Why? Because we all have so much in our lives that are vying for our time and our attention. But Jesus understood this. Yes, it's not just a modern-day problem to have a lot of obstacles that get in the way of following Jesus, but in Jesus's time, they too had obstacles. And so in our scriptures today, as we're studying discipleship, today we're going to study reasons why people chose not to follow Jesus. Yeah, in these scriptures, there's going to be three people, three instances where they are invited to follow Jesus, and then they decide not to. And as we look at the obstacles that they faced, I hope it encourages us to think about the obstacles we face in trying to follow Jesus. So the story begins in Luke chapter 9. It says, As they were walking along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Okay, that's a big claim, isn't it? to follow Jesus wherever he goes, but the person who makes it doesn't actually do that. Something gets in the way, and it reminds us that there are obstacles that we need to overcome on our path of discipleship. Well, let's see how this plays out in a conversation that two Christians are having about what it means to serve in a ministry area.
1: Okay, Travis, I'll uh, see you next week. And uh, keep working on your serve, and maybe next time you'll beat me.
2: Hey, buddy, what are you doing out here?
1: Oh, hey, Stan. Oh, just trying to stay in shape. Huey and Louie are leaning way overboard.
2: Yeah, I get that part. I'm supposed to meet a guy down here for tennis, and, well, you know, uh, you come here often?
1: Oh, a couple times a week. I volunteered at church to spend some time with Travis. His stepdad died about a year ago, and he's been having a hard time, but he seems to enjoy racquetball and he sure keeps me hopping.
2: Well, that's great. I mean, you just meet him here and...
1: Yeah, I mean, so far he'd rather play than talk, but he's beginning to open up a little bit more and I'm beginning to understand just how tough life has been for him.
2: That's great. Uh, You know, that's something I'd like to do myself, but Beth and I have talked about it. We've just never found anything that really fits us. You know what I mean?
1: Sure. Well, I finally talked with the pastor and he gave me several good ideas. Uh, For instance, have you ever thought about working in the inner city?
2: Well, yeah, I have, but Beth and I, you know, kind of want to do something together. So? Well, I don't know about if it's safe having her downtown. It's just, uh, I just don't know if we want to take any chances.
1: Well, I can understand that. How about something in your own neighborhood? Remember how Bob was talking about having a block party and inviting all your neighbors?
2: Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. You know. We must have some different neighbors than you do. They're kinda quiet. Mm-hmm. Plus they just don't wanna, you know, be disturbed. Besides, they don't really need anything. You mm-hmm. know what I mean?
1: Well, I'm on the mailing list for the Crisis Pregnancy Center. They're always looking for people to do volunteer counseling. Uh,
2: I don't know about that. That's a pretty volatile subject, you know what I'm saying? Uh that's just You know, something that, I don't know, everybody has their own opinion on how to handle that. And the subject's just too volatile for me.
1: I know. Uh, Well, the church is always looking for Sunday school teachers and youth workers. You could really make a difference there. In fact, the youth group is planning to go to Carowinds next week.
2: I don't know, those roller coasters, man. (laughs) And I lose it every time. Plus, taking the kids, you know all around the state, it'd get pretty expensive. I just don't know if I can handle that.
1: Well, let me see. Uh, I've heard that there's this, well, how about working with the homeless? I've heard that there's this group that takes volunteers and builds houses for people who could otherwise never afford them. They tend to spiritual needs as well, and they have these rallies once a month where they bring in a speaker, and folks have a chance to talk about the things on their- That their, sounds pretty involved. Oh, oh no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, Not really. Uh, You can start by just working on a Saturday. Well, Saturday we're taking the kids to the zoo. Oh, not this Saturday. Just some other Saturday. Well, my
2: weekends are pretty busy and
1: I don't know if we could do that. Uh, Look, you don't have to make excuses to me. You said you wanted to get involved somewhere and I was just trying to give you some ideas. If you really don't want to do anything...
2: It's not that I don't want to do anything. I do. I really do. It's just that we're looking for something that kind of fits us. You know what I mean?
1: Okay, so let me get this straight. What you're looking for is a kind of ministry that's in a safe environment, with people who are like you but don't disturb anyone, is cheap, non-controversial, involves no risk, and very little time commitment. Is that about right? Mm, That's about right. (laughs) (laughs) But Stan, what's the whole point of ministry? Isn't it making yourself fit something or someone else? I mean, that's the whole point, right? Taking a little risk, making a little sacrifice.
2: Well, maybe you're right. Here I am trying to make something that kind of fits me, and, well, you're saying that I should be fitting somebody else, right?
1: That's it. That's exactly right. How about if you get together with Travis and me next week? We'll play some racquetball, and then we'll go out for a Coke and just talk. You know, some of his friends don't, don't even know who their fathers are. I mean, maybe the church could match you up with one of them, and we could do this whole thing together. How does that sound?
2: Oh well, racquetball. I don't know about racquetball, man.
1: <laughs> you
2: play in this little small room. You got this little racket. I've seen the bruises. It's dangerous.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs>
0: There's a lot that can get in the way of following Jesus, isn't there? As you just observed in this skit. And that's exactly what we're going to find in today's scripture as well. That obstacles to following God and to truly fully committing ourselves are not just modern day problems. But the people in the first century, the first followers of Jesus, also ran into these sorts of obstacles. So back to our scripture. You've got this man— Who makes a very confident claim where he says to Jesus, as Jesus is walking down the road to Jerusalem, he says, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. That's a pretty bombastic thing to say, isn't it? I mean to say to Jesus anywhere, no matter where you go, I will be there with you. That shows a lot of confidence, which is why I'm so surprised in Jesus's response to him. Here's how Jesus replies to that man. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Isn't that an interesting response? I mean, this man is so confident. He says, Jesus, I'll follow you. And Jesus doesn't say, great, come along for the ride. Join my other 12. We're heading off to Jerusalem. I would have thought or assumed that that would be what Jesus would have replied with, but Instead, Jesus chooses to make it abundantly clear the challenges that are going to lay in the path of discipleship. I mean, this is a good thing for us to realize as well, that discipleship is not always easy. Following Jesus is not always easy. Yes, there will be many challenges along the way, and Jesus does not want us to be surprised. He wants us to know, Exactly what it is that we are signing up for. Uh, we could say it's not all going to be sunshine and puppies. No, there are going to be challenges when we choose to truly follow. So let's look at that particular challenge that Jesus is bringing up here in this verse. He's basically saying that when he and his disciples are on missionary journeys, when they're going from town to town sharing the good news about Jesus, that they are relying completely. On the hospitality of strangers. They need people to just invite them into their home, to shelter them for the night, to share a meal with Jesus and his disciples. And and Jesus is saying, you know what, if we don't get that, well, then we may spend a lot of nights sleeping under the stars. He says even animals have places to go at night, right? Foxes have dens, birds have nests, but Jesus he sometimes has no place to lay his head. Yes, if the hospitality of that town that he's visiting doesn't provide that for him, well, then he and his disciples are essentially homeless. He wants to make it clear to this man who's so confident that he can follow Jesus wherever he goes that it's not always going to be easy. There will be challenges and hardships. How do you think this man responds This man who is so enthusiastic. Well, he actually doesn't respond at all. Our scripture doesn't uh, recite any words that he says after this. He is left speechless, which strongly implies that he changed his mind and decided not to follow Jesus after all. Well, this story asks us to put ourselves in his shoes. We, too, are asked to be realistic, about the challenges that come when we choose to commit and follow Jesus. I mean, let's be honest. Usually when we think about faith, we think about the way that faith can benefit us, the blessings that it brings into our lives. And those are all true and are all good. But it's also important to realize the challenges that will come when we say, yes, I am going to follow Jesus. So that's the first obstacle that Jesus gives in this series of obstacles of discipleship. Now let's look at the second that comes in the next verse. Jesus said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Okay, when I read that for the first time, my reaction was, Jesus, why are you so grumpy? He just wants to go and bury his father. That really shouldn't be a a very big deal, right? But then I did a little bit of digging, and I learned that the funeral practices of the first century are different than the funeral practices of today. They actually had two separate funeral practices um, that were separated by a year. So here's how it would look. The first one would be very similar to what we would do today, where you'd hold a service at the time that you were placing the body in the tomb. But then you would wait 12 months. You would wait an entire year for the body to decompose. And then you would come and take the bones and put them in an ossuary or a bone box, and then you'd bury those bones and have a second service. And so what's likely happening here is that this man is saying, Jesus, I want to follow you, but first I need to wait a year. I need to wait for these two things to happen in the bearing of my father. And Jesus is saying, if God is tugging on your heart, don't wait. The time is now to commit to following God. This obstacle that Jesus is talking about here, I would say the modern day equivalent might be procrastination, right? Where we at times, maybe even today, you may feel that God is is tugging on your heart or is trying to to move in your life, and often our reaction is, I will do that later. I'm going to push this off a little bit. But I mean, what if this man, he waited a year and a year turns into two and turns into three. I mean, how often, when we kind of push things off, do they just continue to be pushed way later and later? Don't wait. Jesus is saying, if you feel like God is calling you to do something, then today is the time to do it, not a year from now. So I wonder if there is there something that you've been wanting to do for your church, for your community, or for your family. Well, don't wait. Our scriptures say, now is the time to commit and follow this path of discipleship. Okay, so that's the second obstacle that can get in our way. Of we just kind of push it off and we think we'll get to it later. Here's the final example that Jesus gives. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to his plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Okay, let's talk about plowing for a moment because we may not be very familiar with farming practices, but plowing, and we've got a picture to show you, is basically when you're taking a plow and you're pushing it in front of you with your efforts to get the plow into the dirt so you can make that path in front of you. What happens if you're pushing a plow and you look back. Well, you're going to get off course, right? Because where you look is where your plow is going to go. Jesus is saying if you are pushing a plow, if you got your hand on the plow and you look back, instead of a straight line, you're going to have a zigzag at the end of the day. Now, in the first century, this was actually a saying, to put your hand on a plow. And the saying meant you're about to commit to something. Jesus is saying if you are going to commit to a life of discipleship, then don't look back. Keep your eyes focused on where you're headed on the path of following Jesus. Because if we look back, we're going to get off course. Really, what Jesus is talking about here is how often distractions can come into our life and distract us from keeping our focus on Jesus. Think about the distractions in your life. Now, distractions in and of themselves are not bad. They just keep you from your true purpose. And your true purpose is following Jesus each and every day of your life. So as I contemplated my own distractions this week, I thought, you know, the biggest one is probably the thing that's in my pocket or your purse throughout your day for all of your day. It's our smartphones, aren't they? I mean, our smartphones are constantly giving us push notifications, doing little dings because they're trying to get our attention always on whatever's happening right there on the phone. I mean, we probably live in the most distractible era that our world has ever seen. There is so much at our fingertips. Again, not necessarily bad, but we need to be aware of what our distractions are Because the hope here is Jesus is saying, how can we turn our distractions into spiritual practices? How can we be aware of the times that our attention is going everywhere else instead of keeping our hand on the plow and heading straight towards a single-minded devotion to God? In my own life, when I wonder, am I getting too distracted, I ask myself a question. And I ask the question, well... Does it feel like I'm just fitting God into my schedule? And too often the answer is yes. But what we see here is that each of us are going to have obstacles. That a life of discipleship isn't necessarily easy. But with God, you can overcome those obstacles. The first step is simply identifying them. And so my hope and prayer for you all today is that you take this week. And you learn what your obstacles today, right now in your stage of life are, to following on a path of discipleship. And then work with God to overcome the obstacles in your path. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.